Merry Christmas, everybody, from Israel. In fact, right behind me is the city of Bethlehem that 2,000 years ago was a tiny little town in which Jesus was born. The area I'm in right now called the Shepherd's Fields because this is just the area outside of Bethlehem where the shepherds would have been when the angels appeared. And, you know, for us, that part of the story about shepherds and the angels appearing, it's just kind of a normal part of the story. If, if you grew up with manger scenes, the shepherds are always part of it. But you have to understand, 2,000 years ago, nobody would have expected that the shepherds would have been involved in anything important. It wasn't that shepherds were bad. It's just that shepherds were not very important. They were kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. Like if... You know, if your daughter, if you had a daughter that came home one day and said, oh, mom, dad, I met this guy and he's amazing and we're going to get married. You'd say, well, hold up. Like, who's this guy? Tell me a little bit about him. And, and you ask what he did for a living. And he said, oh, he's a shepherd. You might just move across the country to get your daughter away from that person 2000 years ago. Essentially, they were the rednecks of their day. And hey, I'm from Alabama, so I know a little bit about rednecks. If you look under my collar, you'll probably see a little bit of red. Like the Jeff Foxworthy quotes, here's just a few. Consider this a Christmas gift. If you have a house that is mobile but five cars in the front that aren't, you might be a redneck. If you've ever used an ironing board as a buffet table, you might be a redneck. If your dad walks you to school because you're in the same grade, you might be a redneck. If your prenuptial agreement mentions chickens, you might be a redneck. And I'll add one that doesn't come from him. If, if instead of amen, you end your prayers with roll tide, you might be a redneck. In fact, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Like, oh, Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name, roll tide. Sounds good to me, probably blasphemous to most of you. But regardless, shepherds were rednecks. Uh, and their life was really uneventful, pretty boring life. I mean, yeah, occasionally there was the, you know, a predator that would come and, and kind of, you know, create a little bit of excitement. But typically there was none of that. And so on that evening, they would not have expected that to be any different than any other evening. But as we just read, boy, did that change, right, when the angel appeared. And I've never seen an angel, but it must be an awesome sight because the first thing that angels typically say to human beings whenever they appear is fear not. And then the angelic announcement. Now, even the shepherds would have known enough about the Bible to know that occasionally God sent angels to make important announcements. And he says this in Luke 2, 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now, they would have known what that meant. Christ is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Messiah. We didn't get bigger than that. Everybody was looking for the day that, that God would send the Messiah into the world, the Savior into the world. And the angels were letting him know, look, this is happening. It just happened. And they were going to go see this baby. And the angels gave him a sign. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. That part a little bit weird. Manger just simply means feeding trough. So why would the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one that they had been looking to for centuries, be born and placed in a feeding trough? But they didn't have much time to think about that. Because in the next verse we read, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, thousands of angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The skies around here would have been filled with the glory of God 
lit up with all these angels praising God and, and, and singing. I mean, the most important announcement in the history of announcements, and it was made to them in this area, just these ordinary shepherds. And they had to assume, I'm sure, that they were the last to know. Uh, they had no idea they were the first to know. I mean, surely the big shots in Jerusalem and the Pharisees and so on would have gotten an announcement, but that didn't happen. In fact, angelic announcements of Jesus' birth only happened to three people, Joseph, Mary, and the shepherds. Well, they did go, just as the angels told them to. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Shepherds did what they never did. They left their sheep. I mean, they had to after that scene. And so they... They go, they find the manger scene, just as the angel had said. They tell their story to the little manger scene crew there. And it says that the crew wondered and marveled, and that Mary not only wondered and marveled, but treasured this and pondered them in her heart. And part of what they had had to be wondering about, not only the words that the shepherds said, that this was the Christ, the Messiah, but I'm sure also by who said it, that the angels had appeared to them, because why them? Why an angelic announcement to a group of nobodies, to a group of shepherds? Why not the Pharisees? I mean, the Pharisees spent all their time trying to be good enough to deserve that announcement. They tried to keep the law enough that the Messiah would come and would come to them and that they would be at the center of all that happened. But there was no announcement to them. Instead, to the shepherds, why? It's a great question because Pretty much all the circumstances around Jesus' birth were surprising. I mean, he was born to a, a no-name peasant family from a no-name place, Nazareth, up in Galilee, which was kind of like Alabama. Nothing good came from that area. Um, why put in a feeding trough? Uh, why, you know, why so humble of a birth? And it just showed, along with Jesus appearing to shepherds, that what Jesus was coming to do was way different than anybody expected. Because Jesus was bringing in not only a new way of relating to God, the new covenant, but also a whole new way of life, what he called his kingdom, a new ethic as he was turning really the world upside down or right side up, depending on how you look at it, as the first would be last and the last would be first, as the lowliest would be the ones who would be exalted. And what he was bringing, all that he was bringing, relationship with God and his new kingdom, his new way of life, was made available to all the people who were humble enough to accept it. And that's why Jesus offers all that he offers as a gift, because you and I don't deserve it. Uh, it's not a reward. It's not based on our merit. It's based purely on his grace. The Bible says for the wages of sin, what we deserve is death, separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus our Lord. Eternal life isn't just about going to heaven after we die. Eternal life is all the life that Jesus came to bring. When he said, I, I've come to bring you life so that you can live it to the full. Everything he offers is a gift to the undeserving. And by the way, we're all the undeserving. 
And if you're waiting until maybe a time where you feel like you deserve it, if you're trying to be good enough for God this Christmas season, give it up because none of us are. That's why he came. That's why he died to pay the penalty for sin because we couldn't. And God raised him from the dead showing he was pleased with that. And he offers everything as a gift. And wouldn't this Christmas be the perfect time to say yes to that gift and to receive all that God wants for us? And you can do that right now, wherever you are. If you're at one of our physical locations, if you're watching this at home or somewhere else, even if you're podcasting this and driving down the road sometime later, it's as easy as saying, yes, God, I want all that you came to offer me. I want a relationship with you. We're going to pray right now to that end. And for those of us who have received that gift a long time ago, another opportunity for us to say a profound thank you that Jesus came for everybody and even nobody's like me and nobody's like you. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you sent Jesus into this world for everybody, for the undeserving. And Father, I admit that's me. And so I ask that you would give me everything as a gift, just like you say. I say yes, knowing that Jesus died for my sin, rose from the dead. And so, Father, would you come into my life? Would you begin to change me? Would you help me begin a relationship with you and to serve you? And for all of us who have taken that step or for those who just did, this is an opportunity, Lord, to say thank you, that you came to bring everything as a gift that you came for the undeserving. In Jesus' name, amen.